Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. i got to tell you, I am totally jazzed. Benny and I were talking about this earlier. I'm totally jazzed to be bringing you Lila Connors Peterson, who has been instrumental in creating the film 11th Hour. As I said before, that film, you know, features a producer-narrator, Leonardo DiCaprio, and more importantly, many other people that are bringing an extraordinary message out into the world. And, you know, this movie and the timing of this, I don't know if it's coincidence or not with the article that I mentioned, or actually the article, the entire magazine full of information that, they, that folks would have us believe about global warming, about it being a hoax, about it not being something to pay attention to. But this conversation today is to get you involved, to bring you on board, to get you to the place of action so that you and I know that we are doing all that we can do to get this planet the way that it was meant to be, thriving. Lila, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be on. This is such a big conversation. It's hard for me to even know where to begin. You know, maybe let's begin with your journey and your involvement. I mean, are you excited about this film? Absolutely. I mean, this this is a culmination of really not just my work, but the 30 to 40 years' worth of work of all the experts in the film. You know, this is a gathering together of knowledge and wisdom and experience of people who have been looking at the environment, the earth, humans, how it all relates together. And this film brings it all together. And I was lucky enough just to be involved in, you know, hearing what they have to say. You know, uh, Leonardo, Nadia, and I, you know, three years ago decided we wanted to tell a story about humans and the planet and how we live together, how we interrelate. And why, if the Earth is our only home, we treat it the way we do. And global warming is only one symptom of many things and many sort of symptoms of a deeper illness that humans have, which is sort of a disconnection from ourselves and a disconnection from our home. And so that discussion has been a journey that we've all undergone, and the film is the product of it all. And it's just been a, it's just, I'm absolutely thrilled that Warner Independent Pictures and Warner Brothers International are helping us get it out to the widest possible audience. I mean, this kind of film, you know, it's hard to get documentaries like this out there. And so I'm excited for many reasons, for what it's saying, for the people that we're reaching, and, you know, all of, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I so admire the courage of everyone involved in putting this film out. There have been many things said about this uh, this film from a lot of different people. How are you feeling about the response so far? Well, the response has been very heartening in that we, even though there's a lot of talking heads, it's emotional in this in, in the outcome. So when you watch it, it's you're learning a lot. Before you know, we really worked hard in trying to to bring about a shift in awareness and. 
and that's that's what we're that's what's exciting about it, and that's what's what our experience has been. We are, you know, funnily enough, there's also been a reaction. You know, it hits hard, and so people get worried or they get frustrated that this is the situation that we're in. You know, this mm-hmm. is bad news, you know, but there's good news, too. There's a lot of hope, but also we have to talk about the bad news. And it, I think depending on the type of person that you are, how you relate to, tra- to challenges, you know, we get very strong reactions in some cases. Well, you know, you've been said, or at least I, I, I read somewhere, that you the way you talk about this is that uh, the film, uh, the key was getting the exact razor's edge between horror and hope. Yes. That's the truth of the situation. Yes. And that is so extraordinary yes. and important. That is such an incredible place to be. Yes, and that's where, where we all happen to be, even though we don't realize it. You know, we are at the razor's edge of hope and destruction. You know, this rest, this razor's edge of, you know, restoration and destruction. And we, we have a choice. We have a choice at this time. To, to go for hope, you know, to go for the, 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 the restorative path. And what's so chilling in some ways is that if we don't choose it, there's a cliff right there. And, you know, how to describe that situation without turning, you know, shutting someone down is, is the challenge. But again, it is the, it, it happens to be the situation we are in. Well, one of the things that I love about this is that, you know, both the scientists and the environmental advocates, people like David Orr, I mean, we get to paint a picture, a portrait for a new and exciting future. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And and that is what's so exciting because we know what to do. And the future, as Tom Hartman says, you know, we don't have to go out into the woods and wear animal skins and eat nuts and berries. You know, the sustainable future looks a lot like the one we're in now, but without pollution. You know, with better, with more community, with enhanced relationships with our neighbors and our communities. You know, it, it's, it's a future in which we, we decide that we want to go for meaningful experiences rather than quantity of things. And, you know, we get into consumption, which is a touchy subject. You know, we, you know, Americans consume a lot right now, but we weren't always consumers. You know, we've, throughout time, frugality has been a, a goal. You know, the idea that we don't try and consume or have as much as we possibly can, that's a relatively new phenomenon post, I think, post-World War II, essentially. Well, and, and, you know, for you and so many others, you're bringing us back to the basics, aren't you? I guess that's what it is, but I don't want people to be concerned that basic means boring or not beautiful, you know, we're talking about inherently, you know, design and goals that are efficient, that conserve energy, that conserve resources, but the outcome sometimes might look the same. Mm-hmm. So, for example, your house still looks the same, it's just built differently. Your car might look a little smaller and it's fueled differently. You know, your chair may become from other chair parts rather than digging up the world and making a new chair or cutting down a tree and making a chair, why don't you take old chair parts and make the chair? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't this sound like such a simple solution? Yes. I mean, and it's almost, uh, it, we're almost, you know, a little a little comedy routine, you and I, you know, in talking about this, but 
that's how easy the solution is. In some cases, it is that easy. And what's so interesting, I think, is that if the, you know, earths are going, here again, if the earths are only home and if the solutions are that easy, why aren't we doing it? <laughs> well, that was my question before you came on. Yeah. And, you know, being away, I was so struck by the amount of very large vehicles. Yeah. And, I, and, and probably because I'm in a concentrated area, but generally speaking, we have, we went through this phase recently in the past, I'd say, five or six years where the size of our vehicles have, it looked like they are doubling. And yes. the question is, what's up with that? Well, that's very, it's a sociological question. I mean, I have my own theories about why our vehicles are getting larger, and I think that um, for some people they need a big car, and that's okay. You know, we're not saying, you know, you know, if you you know if you're a contractor or whatever, you need a big car. That's fine. But if you don't, don't get one. And I think that some of the reasons why, especially, and I'm a you know I'm a woman. I, I've in the past wanted a big car. I think it's being in LA. You want a big car for safety. Mm-hmm. You know, there are safety issues. There's other issues around the big car that makes you feel in our you know a very chaotic world. You want to you know this sort of safe environment or the supposed safe environment, you know? So I think that's why people go for big cases. Well, and and that's what we're talking about. I want to make sure everyone knows here we are uh, just a great conversation today with Lila Connors-Peterson, founder and president of Tree Media Group, director, producer, and writer on The 11th Hour, as well as short films on global warming, uh, short films Global Warming and Water Planet, also with Leonardo DiCaprio. And, you know, as we take a look at these questions, we're going to continue to explore the 11th hour film, but also beyond a call to action. And you know, as listeners, you know my show is about action. This is a call to action. We're going to be talking with Lila about the film, about the details, and about why this is so important to Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, DiCaprio. Uh, Many of us have looked at the environment, Lila, and we've taken a look at what's happening in our own backyards. And I think that we're not oblivious to this. We see what's happening. Yeah. And so the question I think to explore is, what is it going to take for us to get off of our couches and do something? Well, that's the question we asked all the experts because we said, you know, we don't know what it – basically, I think what it boils down to is the following, that human beings are short-term thinking species. And unless there's an emergency, we don't do much about things. It's hard for us to think long-term. There are cultures, indigenous cultures, that have learned how to think long-term because they were in a culture that's been around for a while, like the Aborigines in Australia. They, you know, when they showed up in Australia, they had fire and pretty much deforested Australia 50,000 years ago. Then they realized that that wasn't an, you know, that wasn't the way to go. And so over that amount of time, they figured out how to live in balance with that landscape. We don't have 50,000 years. We've, <laughs> after the, after the discovery of oil, we've created and accelerated our impact so dramatically that we almost have to have, and like Leo says in the film, a conscious evolution of our species. This idea that we have to somehow think long term, even though it's not in our, almost not in our genetics to do so. But the other thing that's exciting about our genetics, I think, is that we are cooperative species. We do cooperate, and that is the number one rule in biology. Cooperation equals success. 
And so if we can go to that place, we'll, we'll, we'll do very well, I think. And that's the place we're going right on this show to make sure that everybody out there knows that there is an action that we can take. First and foremost, let's get out there and see the film. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with Lila Connors-Peterson, and we're talking about the film The 11th Hour. And to make sure that those of you listening to the show understand the importance and significance of this, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the people that are in the film. Some of them you're going to recognize. Uh, Byron Katie, for example, is part of the list of people taking action. And we're going to give you information about the website and how you can participate because this is more than a conversation. It truly is a commitment and a call to action right here on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with uh, the show, more about the 11th hour, more information for all of you on how you can get right involved right now. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Look what we've done What about all the peace That you pledged your only son Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. And aloha to everyone out there. I love doing this show, and I love the technology, and I'm thrilled that we're able to connect you with incredible conversation today. Uh, and as I said before, we are totally honored to have joining us Lila Connors-Peterson, who is instrumental in bringing Leonardo DiCaprio's film out into the public, The 11th Hour, but more importantly, you know, Lila, you, you're more than just someone that's in charge of a media company. You were instrumental in creating this film. Uh, well, I was a co-director. My sister and I directed the film. So we, I directed and wrote with Nadia and Leo and produced with Chuck Castleberry and Brian Gerber. And what I also, a journey. Yeah, it is. And I also have to give a hats off to Stephen McGuire, who found all the footage for the film, which there's <laughs> over 2,000 shots. Oh and my gosh. Louis Alvarez, the Alvarez, who helped edit down the film from 150 hours down to 91 minutes. So, isn't it incredible to have a team of people around you that know exactly what the mission and the vision is and know how to take this out? I mean, when you began looking at this project from day one, can I can I just get into your head for a minute to find out from you what was it like when the light bulb went on that said this was something you were going to do? Well, what was interesting is we have been thinking and working on this topic for over, you know, pushing 20 years, just even out of college in my previous incarnation as an editor of New Perspectives Quarterly. I mean, the idea that the environment was even an issue and that it wasn't completely incorporated into our politics, into our design, into our economy, you know, in the way we think about the economy – this has always been an, uh, sort of a leitmotif for me. And uh, as you all know, Leonardo has himself uh, independently had a long engagement with environmental causes. And Nadia also, we've all had this kind of this inquiry, go, ongoing inquiry about the environment. And so what ended up happening, I think, in the last several years prior to starting the film was this lack of discussion at the national level about climate change and about the, the destruction of the Earth's biosphere at our own hand, that, you know, this kind of stuff was, you know, on page 32 of the newspaper and not front page news 
we couldn't understand that. And we, we thought it was an interesting conversation to bring up. It's like, hey, you know, if, if we depend on the Earth's life support systems and we're destroying them and we don't even want to talk about it, or if you do talk about it, you're attacked for, you know, and, try, and there's a sort of a denial that, response that happens, you know, what is that about? And that's really, you know, why we started to make this film. And was, the question is, what is that about? I mean, isn't it odd? Well, maybe not. That, you know, the week that your film is coming out nationally, you get that incredible, I don't even know what to call it, publication around global warming and the fact that, you know, we're just like making things up. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a coincidence for sure, but, you know, it's... Do you think, actually? I, well, I mean, we can talk about synchronicity and all of that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that... uh I think the, 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 you know, the time is up for denial and for obfuscation and for basically lying. I mean, we can no longer lie about the, the, the fact that climate change is happening and it's happening and accelerating because of human activity. And as, you know, the articles have been saying now publicly is that oil companies want to protect their interests and have been actively, you know, funding science, quote-unquote, to debunk climate change. And what we're dealing with is an inertia and a fear for change, and that's basically, as a civilization, we have to understand that we're dealing with fear. We have to get beyond fear, and even at the end of our film, we talk about love, and we say, look, this is about loving ourselves, loving our neighbors, loving the planet. And once we go to that place, we realize we need to change. And as hard as it is, we just have to do it. You know, taking a look at this, as hard as it may be, but as you said when we started the show, it, it is about simple acts. It is about stepping back and looking at something, just one thing. You know, I sat across the table a number of years back um, with, across the table from Gloria Steinem, mm-hmm. and I remember her looking at me after I had asked a question about, you know, change. And she said, you can do one outrageous act each day. Mm-hmm. Do something outrageous each day. I wonder if we could do something outrageous to help the environment each day. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And something you know. outrageous. And if, I did something that was outrageous for me, which was stop drinking bottled water. Mm-hmm. And I love bottled water. It, the idea of not being able to have Fiji water or Avion or all these great waters, and I thought, you know what? You know, I found out that 2.5 million bottles are thrown away an hour by America alone. Mm-hmm. And you thought, okay, my outrageous act today is to commit to drinking filtered water and steal my own steel, you know, uh, bottle. And there's a lot we can all do. You know, you can decide to walk to work one day. That's outrageous in L.A. <laughs> so, you know, you can do a lot. It, you, it is outrageous in L.A., but, you know, honestly speaking, it's outrageous in a lot of people. I will say this, though. I will say this about having lived on the East Coast and now moved to the greater Seattle area. I will say this. There are more people that ride their bicycles in the Pacific Northwest than I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, that's great. And, you know, maybe it's because we're so plugged into nature. Maybe it's because every day we're looking at the beauty and the greenery and, and have such a deep connection. 
But that should not be a reason for just a single part of the country. This is really a call for every single one of us, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, we all, and what we're saying is, you know, being perfectly green is certainly impossible in our current civilization. You know, do what you can. Decide those things that you can do. Ride your bike, walk, take public transportation, stop drinking bottled water, plant an organic garden. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. We're not saying you have to do all of them. If you can do as many as possible, great. But what we also need to do is join together and press for change at the highest levels, at the federal level, with our president, with a new president that's coming in, with the you know the corporations, the way we choose what we buy, we have to ask them to make make products sustainably. These are things where the change has to be at every level, and at the higher levels, we'll need to join together and ask and demand sustainable practices. Well, you know, when you sat down to to scope this film out, what was the most important thing to Leonardo DiCaprio? What was it? that he absolutely needed to have come across through the film? Well, it's, without speaking for him, I do know that he really wanted people to listen to these people. That was extremely important to, for him. He said, look, you know, I want to help by introducing them, by, you know, helping people, you know, bookending and narrating this, but I really want people to listen, and I don't, we, what was important for him was giving these people a forum where they're not arguing against the junk science, giving them, a, you know, time to explain together what we're facing. Because so often in the media, these points of views are met with, with, with junk science, with, met with, you know, denial. And so that was the most important thing, really, was to give these people a forum so that they could actually be heard. And you have done so. We're going to talk more about that in a few minutes because the film and the websites are extremely important for everyone. I mean, you know, when when we look at the website you created, you really did create a call to action. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to make sure that our listeners hear about when we come back from break. Uh, this is an important conversation. Many of you have heard me talk about this before and know how important this is where each and every one of us can take action right now. We can do something. 11th Hour is the film. When we come back, we'll be back talking about the film, some of the speakers, some of the experts in the film, what this was like to put together, and more importantly, what's next for you in terms of taking action. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. We'll be right back. You can go to www.11thhouraction.com. Check it out. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. This is such an incredible conversation. You know... I am thrilled that we are connecting with the folks that have have brought to us an incredible movie. And for those of you that are listening in the Seattle area, we want to tell you about an exciting opportunity this uh, this coming week at the Egyptian. And Lila Connors Peterson is joining me here today. Worked with Leonardo DiCaprio to bring this film out. 
You know, Lila, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the the opening of the film and some of the things happening in the Seattle area. I know you had a couple of uh, of things you wanted to mention to our sure. Listeners. In Seattle uh, this weekend on Friday at the seven o'clock show, um, Paul Stamets, who's a mycologist, a mushroom expert, uh, will be doing a Q and A at the theater afterwards. He'll be doing introing the film and then doing a Q&A. So if anyone is able to go to that show, they should. Paul's amazing. You know, mushrooms can save the world, essentially. They can detoxify almost anything. They eat chemical weapons and turn it, you know, a pile of chemical weapons into soil that you can grow vegetables on. <laughs> they can detoxify fossil fuel uh, spills. So it's amazing what he's been able to discover with mushrooms. So he'll be there. Um, Seven o'clock on Friday. This Excellent. Friday. And you know, as we're looking at these, I've got to ask you: were, Is there anything that really shocked or surprised you? Um, there were lots of things that did. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of there's horrifying things and there's extremely hopeful things. And okay, uh, I guess the horrifying thing, which I learned from the oceanographers, uh, Jeremy Jackson, uh, was that the ocean is could turn to acid. Because mm-hmm. of all the carbon that we're putting into the world, um, you know, carbon is absorbed in the atmosphere, but it's mostly actually absorbed into the ocean, and people don't really think about the ocean, and it's acidifying right now. And if we do this too much, we can turn off the ability for the ocean to produce oxygen, and that would be, you know, devast- com- you know completely devastating for most life on Earth. That's horrifying. Well, that, you know, he says it's not happening. You know, scientists cannot take it off the table as a possibility. And he says that should be horrifying enough to change our ways. Um, So that was shocking to me. Uh, The other thing on the hopeful side was that biomimicry as a concept is so exciting. I mean, basically, scientists, biologists are looking to nature for the solutions. You know, nature's been around for billions of years. And nature understands how to make things. And Janine Benyus, who has created the, you know, the biomimicry book, we talked with her in the film, you know, there are people that are looking at lotus leaves and they're making lotus paint that is basically modeled after the molecular structure of a lotus leaf so that you have self-cleaning cars. You have self-cleaning buildings because dirt can't adhere to the paint. You have abalone technology for windshields so that windshields don't break. So it's fascinating what biomimicry will give us. It's it's the wave of the future. And this is what I love about this film. I think that a lot of folks have, you know, been watching some of the films that have been coming out, and they were pretty much about the gloom and doom. But this film is so unique in that it really does call us all to action, and there are solutions that the, the cast of people that you pulled together have brought to the table. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, David Orr says it's all hands on deck time. You know, this generation, and Paul Hawking, you know, this generation gets to completely reinvent this world. I mean, it is a time of possibility. It's a time for hope. And, there's again, there are so, if you just, you know, tune into the 11th Hour Action site, you can go online and start looking around. You'll be amazed to find the things that you can do. You know, even in your own home, you know, with furniture, you can use reclaimed wood for things. You know, people are ready. There are furniture makers using reclaimed wood to make all sorts of uh, everything in your house. So 
there's a lot we can do. You know, we can take an action. And, you know, one of the things you and I talked about is creating a Dr. Pat challenge. And I just think I got the idea for what the challenge is. Oh, great. Uh, and as and this is what we're going to do. Dr. Pat Challenge will be on the 11thHourAction.com website. The challenge that we can put out there for people, you know what? It is one that is so simple, and you gave me the idea by the simplicity of this, and so significant. Do you know that the challenge we can call to action is for everyone that listens to this show, everyone that goes to the website, to question everything they buy, mm-hmm. to question the origin, to question whether or not people are using wood that you've just talked about. We just are not questioning enough to bring and shine the light in terms of other people. And that may not sound like a huge challenge. Of course, we're going to have a very specific action related to this. But what if, what if, Lila, today, Everyone on the planet challenged or questioned the origin of at least one product they use on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and whether or not that product is driven to sustainability or not. Well, that would be a dramatic shift in awareness, and it would definitely cause a lot of change. If we find out how things are made. And what's so interesting is manufacturers do know and can learn how to make things sustainable. It will take time in some cases, but in many cases they know the answer already, even with food, you know, organic food, get rid of the chemicals, find, you know, certainly buy those things. So that challenge is wonderful, and I support you in that, and we will do everything we can to promote it on our website. Well, you know, for the Dr. Pat team people that are listening to the show, that is something we'll fine-tune, we'll get really clear about because this is truly about action. Mm -hmm. I mean, you came out of the gate to create an opportunity for people to get educated, informed, and then to look inside within themselves to say, am I doing enough? Is what I'm doing today going to be enough? Um, when I go and I rent that rent-a-car, this was an experience I just had recently, by the way. When I go and rent the rent-a-car, am I looking at the kind of rent-a-car that I'm, that I'm, that I'm renting? Am I renting something that is going to be a, a gas guzzler or is it going to be something that doesn't use up a lot of gas? I mean, you see the level of awareness that we're talking about here? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like that. It's being aware that every time you step out of the door, you're questioning and you're looking and you're becoming aware and you're challenging people. Exactly. And it's good for everyone. I mean, again, this is about creating a world for ourselves, our children, and our grandchildren, a beautiful world that's, 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 that's clean, that, that supports our life as well as other forms of life, and, and it's all about a simple shift in awareness. And by following through, by taking action. Taking action. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to make sure that folks continue to know about the film. We'll get some information from you to make sure we put a banner up on our website. Terrific. And, and thank you. Uh, articulate what this challenge is going to be. I want to thank you 
uh, everyone involved in the film, and especially Leonardo DiCaprio, for making this happen. Thank you very much, Dr. Pat, and everyone go see the film this weekend. <laughs> everyone go see the film. Thanks exactly. so much. I know we're gonna, we have a contingency going. Beautiful. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much. And All right. everyone stay tuned for the Dr. Pat Challenge around this. You're going to hear more about this. We're going to take a short break. Benny, what a great show. What an incredible conversation. It absolutely was. I think it's opened up a lot of new eyes to the whole situation. And we're going to keep doing it. You know, we have been in the process of making things happen for a long time Mm -hmm. on the show. And this is another way for us to plug in. Uh, Talking about new things happening, we've got a new panel coming out in a few minutes. We are bringing three of the top healers in the region to the table to talk about a health panel they're creating. Angela Pfeiffer, uh, Tim Tyserson, and Dr. Scott Lynch. We are, we are bringing them to, to the table all at once and having a conversation about what it means to have health and wellness, have an integrated approach, and go down your checklist to make sure that you are talking about preventative, thriving, living life full out as opposed to reacting to disease and illness. Isn't that awesome? It absolutely is, and I'm ready to bring them on into the studio, too. Okay, are they in yet? Not yet. You're on the air now. Yeah, they're all waiting. They're kind of like in the green room. Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Benny, great show. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to bring the health panel to you. I hope you're ready for an exciting hour. And don't forget, get out there. See the 11th hour. Let's talk about making it happen. We'll be right back. 